of grace to you and peace from our God and Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Well, dear friends, this morning I want to talk to you once again about forgiveness. Now, certainly the, the first part of the message, right, we all love to hear, we love to be able to receive, and that is that we ourselves are forgiven. What a burden lifted from our shoulders, isn't it? To understand that no matter at what place we are in this life, no matter even what happened yesterday, no matter maybe even what happened on our way to church this morning, we are forgiven. It only takes that brief moment in time to go before our Lord once more, to fall upon our knees, at, at least within our mental framework, and, and to say, Lord, I, I messed up. Lord, I, I've sinned. Lord, I fell short just moments ago. Would you forgive me? And the Lord does. You know, maybe as you're trying to get to the church, even here just, just the, this morning, you, you were stopped by a train. And maybe you're kind of having a bad morning. You were running behind and you just were kind of grumpy. Maybe you even used the Lord's name in vain as the train appeared because the little arm dropped and you were stuck. And now you had to wait an extra five minutes. Maybe the train was even going really slow. You had to wait ten minutes. <laughs> You're just crying in your and you just were angry. And even used the Lord's name wrong a few times. And just moments after that, you yourself can go to the Lord in prayer. You can say, Lord, I'm sorry. I really just messed up. I used your name in vain. I broke the commandment. Lord, would you forgive me? And he does. I mean, even unlike our Roman Catholic brethren, you didn't have to wait till confession day. You know? You didn't even have to wait to be able to go into the church and sit in the confessional booth and say, Father, bless me for I have sinned. And then the pastor said, you know, well, if you say, you know, five Hail Marys and two Lord's Prayers, it'll be okay. You didn't even have to wait for that. Just instantly. You can return to the Lord. You can go to Him in prayer. You can offer up your repentance. And you can receive His forgiveness once again. What a beautiful message. And if, if that's all you're able to hear of the sermon today, that takes you a long ways, doesn't it? No matter how small, no matter how great our sin in the past, it can be forgiven in a moment. All it takes is that repentance, that confession, and that cleansing blood of Jesus Christ washes our minds clean once more. And it frees us. We don't have, have to sit night after night ruminating about that thing that I, I did 10, 
years ago. We don't have to sit night after night wondering if you know some other shoe is going to drop and God is really maybe tomorrow going to decide I'm going to get what I deserve from back then. The slate is clean. And we're free. And we're forgiven. A lot of struggles take place with that, don't they? Because in the past, it can be like a time machine, can't it? You know, just you, you hear a, a, a song or something happens, or you saw something on the television, and maybe instantly you were transported back to that moment in time. Just, you know, throw out numbers off, off the top of my head. 1973! When that thing happened, and, and you did this, and you responded in that way, and, and you're just right back there, no matter how many years ago it was. And you shake your head, and, oh man, I just blew it. Oh, it was so terrible. Oh, I just wonder when God is going to get me for that. And the message I have for you today, the first part is you don't have to live that way. You can trust in God's forgiveness. It was dealt with at that time when you first fell upon your knees and you said, Lord, forgive me. And He does. You're washed clean. You're able to go forward and lead the remainder of your life in holiness and faithfulness. The load can be lifted. You don't have to live with the guilt of that. You, a child of God, a co-heir with Christ, can lift up your head once more. It's a new day. A new time for you. But dear friends, I also have the, the message to share with you that you know maybe we, we don't like to hear so much. That, that yes, you, you, and, you and I, we struggle with, even though perhaps we learned the first lesson that we are forgiven, yes, we can sometimes struggle with the, the second part, and that is forgiving others, isn't it? I know I, I myself have had you know a lot of a lot of good years when you know I, I didn't really have to struggle with that when there, there weren't you know big major issues when no one had really committed any grave sin against me and and you know it just seems so easy to to go and tell others that hey y'all to forgive but then for for me myself some things came into my life some things that. Have, have happened in my, my latter years that, that caused me, myself, to struggle with that forgiveness. For I, I just like you, I, I know what it is to wake up at three in the morning and grind my teeth. And the, the first thought coming to my head at three in the morning wasn't you know, some, some great spiritual thought. That wasn't so wonderful hymn that you know we sing on Sunday morning. It was that person is such a jerk. Arr! You know? That person did this to me, and that person did that to me, and grind my teeth and call out to God that lightning would maybe descend even. Right? Have you been there? You probably have. 
And what is the, the secret? Well, you know, the first part is we are called by God to continue driving toward that goal, aren't we? That we would forgive others as God has forgiven us. That's hard. I, I, I was sharing uh, with one of my loved ones recently, you know, there's a, a, a quote from a, a, a movie that I kind of like where the, the fellow says, you know, many people seek justice, but what they really want is revenge. Maybe you've been there. It's, oh, that person, they just really need to get what they deserve. Oh, I really want justice. Justice must be done. Justice must be accomplished. What you really meant inside was that person really needs to get it. You know? Really want something to happen here. And I'll call it justice. So I look good and bright and shiny again when it takes place. But dear friends, you and I are called to be something more than that, aren't we? Now there's a, another movie kind of that circulated through the, the summer. You know, it's about a bad man. And that bad man, he, he had this to say. If someone hurts me, I hurt them worse. And, and so, of course, you know, he doesn't have a lot of friends, right? He, he's, he's got some enemies out there. And, you know, people are afraid, right? Because you run into people like that. If someone hurts me, I hurt them worse. If someone does something a little bit to me, I'm going to escalate the conflict. If you do something to cross me, you're going to know. You're going to pay a hefty price for that thing. And so, therefore... Maybe now I feel safe because everyone knows that's my response. They're afraid to talk to me. They're afraid to come to me. They're not going to tell me their problems. And in fact, they're maybe going to just stay out of my way because they know if I'm offended, they're going to get hurt worse. See? If they do something a little bit out of line with me, they're going to really pay. Maybe you have supervisors like that you have to work for. Maybe have coaches like that for your athletic teams in the past. Maybe there are you know, people just out there in your life that you have to tread really carefully around because you don't want the worst to come. And yet, dear friends, sometimes aren't we just the same. I want justice. I want vengeance. I want that person to hurt more than I did. Even. I get that. I call to the Lord in prayer. Let them be injured, Lord. Let them be hurt, Lord. Let bad things pile upon them, Lord. Come on, help me here, Lord, because I need to see 
something happened. It's not the place we want to be, is it? It's not really where we, we want to stay for the rest of our lives. And again, events can act kind of like a time machine, can't they? Where, you know, that other person did that thing to you in 1973. A little bit of music plays, a little bit of something happens, right? And right there you're back in the fifth grade. Where those two bullies held you down on the ground and shoved gravel in your mouth on the playground and you're thinking to yourself, why are they prospering now? Can't believe that guy has a car dealership today that's successful. Look what he did to me back then. Such a bully. He still is the same. Or just, ah, think about it. And why? See, when we begin to forgive other people, we're no longer stuck back there in 1973. You know? When we begin to release other people from their sins, we're no longer stuck in that particular place. We no longer have to open up those same old emotions over and over again. We no longer have to wake up at three in the morning grinding our teeth because that person was forgiven. Now, now certainly I'm going to add a, a little caveat into the mix because... Well, we know in the Missouri Synod Lutheran Church, at least, that yeah, there, there are three marks of salvation. And maybe I'll just you know, kind of go over the, those three marks once more. I mean, you know, what is the mark of a true church? What is the, the mark of a true Christian? Number one, word of God in its truth and purity, isn't it? Right, you're, you're trying to you know, tell your, your friends, well, let, let me help you find a church. Right, you, you send a son or daughter away to college and, you know, okay, son or daughter, what are you looking for? Right, number one, word of God taught in its truth and purity. And it's the same for you. What's the, the mark of a true Christian? It is, I believe the word of God is true and pure. Right? Uh, that's the, the number one mark. The, the Holy Spirit comes to live within your heart and mind. The first realization you have is the Word of God is true. It's pure. It's not corrupted. I, I, I don't have to sit in judgment upon it. I don't have to go off to, to seminary for six years and get a doctorate in order to open my Bible and say, oh yeah, here, here, this, this line is true. Oh, but no, no, that, that one, ah. Uh, that doesn't work. Because, uh, you know, what's happened? I became God, didn't I? And I'm going to tell you about which lines in the Bible are true and which ones don't apply, which ones are false. Okay? But it, it, it's the same for a, a church, an organization, an individual. Okay, what do you believe? Word of God, pure and true. 
Uh, the, the second one, sacraments, you know, faithfully administered, sacraments faithfully taken by you and I. Right? It, it means you're going to come and you're going to bring your, 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 your baby or you come as an adult. I'm going to baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Right? I'm not going to change the names around. I'm not going to leave out one or two. I'm not just going to hey, baptize you in the name of God. No, sacraments faithfully administered. You know, we have the Lord's Supper twice a month here. Right? That we're going to faithfully administer the Lord's Supper, that you're going to be able to understand. It's the very body and blood of Christ. You're going to be able to trust that I'm not just going to give you a cracker and some grape juice. But no, we're going to try to the best of our ability to do things God's way. And someone comes, well, I'd like the lump of cheese and a Pepsi, please. No, we can't quite do that. Because we want to be faithful to the sacrament. And so you go to a, a church where the sacraments are faithfully administered. You go to the, the church where you yourself, where you're going to reflect on, on your sin and you're going to reflect on your relationship with Christ and you're going to come forward in, in piety and, and in mercy and after reflecting and, and making yourself right with God, then you're going to receive the sacrament. Because it's holy. And it's sacred. And the, the third mark that we believe a, a, a true church is going to provide, or that a, a real Christian is going to have within themselves, is discipline. And so for the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, we believe, yes, that there are times to discipline members. And in, in fact, you know, the first step in the, the discipline process is that the pastor would perhaps privately, you know, say to an individual, you cannot come to the Lord's Supper until you stop committing adultery, right? Stop getting drunk, right? Handle your drug addiction, right? Until you do these certain things. Because we want things to be done right. And you know what? If the person would refuse to re respond to that private discipline of the pastor, yes, we have, you know, within our books that then the pastor could excommunicate that person. And certainly, mostly, you know, through the will of the congregation, but, you know, I've noticed, I've read the, the Constitution of St. Peter, and our Constitution says, if the pastor calls for a meeting of excommunication and the person refuses to show up to that meeting, that person excommunicates themselves. It's something a, a little bit unique to St. Peter's Constitution compared to other churches where I have served, but nevertheless, in the subject of discipline, right, we, we have ways of, of doing things, that those ways are written down, they're recorded. Right? We want things to be done decently and in 
some discipline. You know, in, in that very same way as, as you and I reflect upon our own lives, you know, what does God require of us? It is that we would, yes, discipline ourselves, right? What's another mark of a true Christian? That he or she would exercise self-control. And in fact, the Bible says the fruit of the Spirit is self-control. Do we have some self-control? Are we exercising that? Are we disciplining ourselves? And so, you know, once again, those are really the three marks that we're looking for, right? You know, the Word of God. Pure and true. Faithful to the sacraments. Discipline is going to be practiced. And so certainly if you are aware of terrible situations that are going on, right, well, we're not asking you to just kind of, you know, wipe everything under the bed. No, don't just like sweep everything under the rug. Don't just, you know, walk around and say, well, I've got pastors, I've got to forgive people. And so anything goes. But no, there, there is some time for action. But what we have to be able to do is separate ourselves between you know, justice and vengeance. Right? And what we have to, to be able to do is kind of take a step back from the situation and, and, and say, you know, look, if I do nothing, that person will probably continue to hurt others. Yeah. If I do nothing in this particular case, that person is going to cause further turmoil. If I do nothing in this case, if I just encourage a, a lot of forgiveness, well, that person is maybe going to kill somebody next time. And so, again, my little caveat is I'm not just telling you you've got to sweep it under the rug or you just got to turn a blind eye. But what I am telling you is that, yes, some discipline will maybe have to be administered. And maybe that discipline, it has to be administered even by you. But it should never be done with a vengeful heart. It should never be done out of that need to hurt that person more than they hurt me. And it should certainly never be that kind of idea that I'm going to get my revenge now and pretend I'm shiny with justice. I'm the shiny light as I wreck you. That should never be the case, should it? And then, dear friends, if you're called into that position, if somehow that becomes your situation, that you have to administer the discipline in whatever the case might be, they would not be stuck there. That that would not be the defining moment of your life, but rather you would be able to move forward and continue to live in God's light and His truth and His purity. They were able to be 
in the present. And maybe that's all that we're talking about here today. Free from the past. Forgiven for all of our sins. Able to live out our lives today rather than being stuck back in 1982 when that thing happened. Or even rather than being stuck out there as the train was going by and you're still thinking to yourself, if God wanted me to be in church on time, He would not have sent the train. but rather to live out our lives forgiven by God, forgiving others, and thanking our Lord so very much that His death upon the cross enables us to do both. Amen. And now may the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be in your hearts and minds now and always. Amen. <laughs>